This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, the podcast about two skeptics forced to podcast about conspiracy theories, paranormal activity, and all things bizarre. As always, I am your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me as always is your co-host, Andy Hart. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you may be located in the world. Thank you for being here with us today on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, the number one podcast for conspiracy times and bunkers and people named Bunker. (laughs) Thanks for being here. We're happy you're with us. Wow. What a greeting to the listeners. What a rousing intro. They are definitely going to get a kick out of that. Uh, I hope you like that, everybody. Uh, Look forward to talking to you again soon. All right. Well, (laughs) bye-bye. Just kidding. Uh, This goes on for a lot longer. Oh, you are in for a ride. Buckle your seatbelts because this is going to get ugly. (laughs) Keep your hands and arms and feet and legs inside. And knees and toes (laughs) and elbows and forearms and shoulders and clavicles and ears. And that's all the bones in the body. Thank you. That we believe in. (laughs) Coming up soon, anatomy, human anatomy, (laughs) the real conspiracy. Andy, uh, hey, we're here in the bunker again. Here we are back in the bunker. Ooh. It seems to never end, really. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's all just kind of become part of our daily or weekly routine, right? Uh, it's hard to get upset anymore because I'm just kind of used to it. Yeah. I feel like this is going to happen and I've made peace with it. What? I'm not going to, you know, what? We haven't taken any action to That's help right. ourselves. And... Fine. I mean, there's probably some legitimate criticism that could be levied at us, and I accept that. We I accept take that, that on. criticism. I guess We're no the- stranger to criticism. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I'm i a stranger to praise, if anything. But, but Yeah, you don't go to church very often. <laughs> no, no, I'm not allowed back in there. Not after what I did to the holy water. Oh, I thought it was a bidet. <laughs> You think they have holy bidets? <laughs> I hope so. Like, do you think that everywhere in the Vatican they have uh, yeah. all the water is blessed? The Pope's butthole has definitely been <laughs> sanctified. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, listeners, we are no stranger to praise. Pope but- Anus the 69th. What's up? Oh, boy. <laughs> Pope Anus the 69th <laughs> in his fucking Pope mobile that's actually a lowrider. I mean, if there was a Pope anus, if there was a Pope anything, the 69th, like... It's anus! Please, stop snickering! If if you were the if you were the next Pope... And <laughs> Whatever Pope anus. Let's just say it was Pope John the 68th. You'd be like, well, now I gotta be Pope John! 
Like, do you think there would ever be somebody who's like, I'm going to go Gregory the 13th or whatever? I don't know how many popes of each name. Wait, what do you mean? It's like if there was a 68th pope, you would have to be like, the next pope would have to do be the 69th pope. Yeah. Right? Because you can pick your name. Sure. Would anybody not do that? You're saying they don't want to be the 69th pope? I'm saying would any would anyone not want to be the 69th pope? You're confusing me by the way that you're okay. <laughs> wording well, this question semantically. Well, Pope Anus the 69th. Let's just <laughs> leave it at that. Listeners, if you understand the question, tweet at us. <laughs> Tell us your thoughts using the hashtag Pope Anus the 69th. <laughs> please do. And please, listeners, at Mr. Bunker Pod, we... We are no strangers to praise. That's cr- that's true, and we would love Criticism. to hear some praise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, we <laughs> praise. Yeah, oh, we're strangers to praise. Keep it on us. Keep it on us. We want to figure it out. If you feel it within your heart to 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 send us some praise, if you the can spirit do it, moves you, if the spirit moves you. You can do it by leaving us a rating or review on iTunes. It doesn't have to be long. You can just. Say a one sentence thing or one word or just just give us a review. It it really truly helps us and it makes Bunker so happy. It makes the titular Bunker ecstatic. And then he he then in turn doesn't treat us poorly. He treats us with respect and he heaps the praise on us, folks. If you knew Bunker and you could see the light in his eyes, yes. Whenever there's a rating, you would go to your computer, you would go to your smartphone. You would do whatever you need to do right now and leave this show a rating. For the cost of a cup of coffee a day, <laughs> you could leave us a rating. The His eyes light up like an orphaned child that has not seen food in weeks. Ooh. Listeners, there's also a bit of a... It's storming here. There's a disturbance in the force. It's storming here in the, in the bunk. Uh, outside the bunk, I should say. And by force, I mean the atmosphere. That's right. Uh, it's a stormy, cloudy day, and uh, but there's sunshine in our hearts. So there's sunshine in our hearts, and it doesn't matter if there's rain, if there's snow, if there's sleet, if there's thunder, if there's lightning. Bunker always comes to fetch us. He's the U.S. Postal Service of abducting us. That's right. He's the U.S. Postal Service of abduction. And uh, today is no different. Andy... I'll let you in on a little secret. Yeah, please do. I like secrets. I haven't showered. (laughs) I have what's known as bunk funk. Oh. I have bunk funk. And I'll tell you why I haven't showered. It's because Bunker came to get me real early in the morning, which is a little obnoxious. I've been down here for a while, just kind of waiting for you. Oh. He kept me down here for a while, and I I got bunk funk. Oh. So if I smell a little stanky. Yeah, the bunker smells a little... Wait, he got you early in the morning? Oh, yeah. Was he in your bedroom? He might have been because I heard a noise downstairs. And so I got up and I went down and I stupidly didn't turn on the lights. You know how it takes a little while for your eyes to adjust to the darkness? Yeah. One trick you can actually do is uh, keep one eye closed and the other open. Well, wait, no. If you turn on a light, that's what you're supposed to do. So say in the middle of the night, you got to go up, go to the bathroom. You turn on a light, but you keep one eye closed and the other open. Then when you turn the light back off, you won't lose your dark vision. So both eyes don't have to adjust. Right. Um, anyway. Wow, all these years I've been squinting like a freaking dummy. Yeah. No, I got the tricks, dude. Uh, I went downstairs and 
the sound got louder and louder and louder. And before you know it, I was sucked into a giant vacuum. He, he sucked me into a giant vacuum. And I was twirling around and I was all I was all caught up in the inside the vacuum and I was covered in dust. So I think that's why I have extra bunk funk. Then he just took me to the bunker. So wow. early in the morning. What? And I, I was like, why, you know, why would you, you know, you really got to like capture me this early in the morning? I, he I didn't get you for like another couple hours. I, I have to say, this is a real ratcheting up of, of his efforts. What do you mean? This is a home invasion now. A little bit. Yeah. He, he, he I mean, he already showed up in my backyard. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess that's true. That's trespassing, but yeah. this is trespassing on another level. Yeah. And I think it's because it's a been, giant vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> this he keeps getting you with these cartoon scenarios. Well, <laughs> the Roadrunner thing, now a giant vacuum. I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like, is he buying the stuff from Acme? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's Bunk Me. Bunk Me. <laughs> Bunk Me Industries is what it said on the side of the vacuum. <laughs> yeah, he just wants somebody to share a He's, bed with. Bunk Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new app. Bunk, Bunk Me. me. You can find people to bunk with. Hey, bartender, bunk me. So, <laughs> you know this is a flare bar? <laughs> this is a flare bar. But that's how he got me, Andy. He got me good with a giant vacuum, brought me down here, mm, and I was bored. unfortunate. Made myself a little breakfast. Yeah, what did you have? Uh, I just had some instant oats. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. <laughs> you were expecting something extravagant like Eggs Benedict? No, no, not in the bunker. You know, some gravy, some biscuits and gravy. No, some I hash mean, browns. There's a limited. Some eggs scrambled. No, there's a limited. There's not tuna. There's not fresh. No, there's not fresh food anything. down here. I, I just, I don't know. <clears throat> he doesn't even let us get into the MREs that he keeps down here. Yeah, which sucks. Um, <laughs> but you know. All I want is some Salisbury steak. Yeah. <laughs> Please, somebody get this. And I'm man being a denied. Steak. <laughs> well, that's how you got me, Andy. I was down here and I've been waiting for you, but Hoo-wee. here you are. I made it. Uh, well, I guess for your benefit, for the listener's benefit, and for the benefit of Mr. Kite. And being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, I will now reveal how I was transported to the bunker this week. Um, So uh, it was, it's storming now before it was nice. That's true. It's spring has sprung here in Chicagoland. Yes. And I thought, what a lovely day it would be to take a walk in the park. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And you love the park. And you know what? love hanging out at the park past its closing time. After sundown, just me and a swing set. Just you and your teenage friends vaping. Vaping on the playground equipment. It is tremendous. <laughs> uh, you know one thing I don't like at the park, though, Art? What's that, Andy? Controver- hot take coming up. Geese poop. Uh, I mean, yeah, but what can you do? Um, I don't like unleashed dogs. Wow. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I'm a, I'm not not a dog person. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't you're know a human that, person. I don't know that I would describe myself as a dog person. Yeah. Like a person who, oh, I can't get enough dogs, but like, I like dogs. This is my dog. They, I put my personality onto them. Right. Yeah. This is, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not opposed to dogs, but I'm not, I'm not not a dog person. Right. I like dogs. I like cats. I like all kinds of animals. Right. 
But you I should also, keep your dog leashed. Yeah, I also don't like dogs that I don't know like running around me and stuff because you never know what a dog's gonna do. It's true. Uh, and um, so a dog might ride a skateboard. <laughs> what? Yeah, the dog it might ride a skateboard. Might kick. Flip. And it's, there's no skateboarding on in in the park. That's a rule. That's that's two rules broken in one. Yeah, an unleashed dog on a skateboard. Uh, call the police. But I, I, sometimes dogs get muddy paws and stuff, and they can they'll you know jump up on you and all that. And I don't care for it. And if anything, today's experience affirmed that viewpoint. Uh, as I'm walking through the park, an unleashed dog comes running up to me, and it jumps up on me, and I'm like, get get off me! And then I realize the dog's squeezing me. Oh no! It's got me in a bear hug. Oh no! I can't escape. <laughs> then I realize that dog's Mr. Bunker. Oh wow! He it wasn't was, even it was, wasn't even a dog costume. <laughs> what? He, he had a dog mask, and then he covered his regu- <laughs> he covered his regular body in dog fur. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, he just glued it to his skin. Ah! People just thought he was some big ugly dog. Yeah, like a mangy. Disgusting dog. People, oh. Nobody was paying attention. I mean, he was digging holes and stuff. He was really getting into it. Yeah, he was into character. He was sniffing butts. Yeah, yeah, he sniffing was sniffing crotches. Yeah, he was a little aggressively too. I mean, he, you gotta commend the guy. Stays I, in I don't know. I should commend him for Stays commend him for that. Character. I'm not gonna commend him for that. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, he uh, stuffed a hairball in my mouth to keep me from screaming, and then tossed me in the back of his van. Because you're a screamer. I'm a screamer. Listeners, you don't know this, but Art knows this because he knows me. I am a screamer <laughs> for a variety of reasons <laughs> and a wide range of situations. Wow. Man, he got you good. <coughs> Sorry, dog hair. <laughs> wow. Well, listeners, he got us pretty good this week. And, uh, you know, we're we're just, we get duped every week. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry to disappoint you guys listening out there, but I, I know you should expect better from us, but at this point, I don't know if you should. I mean, kind of at this point, if you have other expectations, that's your fault. Yeah. Let's blame them. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> You've brought this upon yourself, but maybe, Andy, maybe. Huh? In a parallel universe, there's a universe where we don't get captured. Maybe in a parallel universe, Andy... We're the ones doing the capturing. Do, 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 do. Sorry, that's copyrighted and I can't use it. Uh, <laughs> please don't sue us. In a parallel universe, you didn't say that. Ah, parallel universe me respects the law. Andy, we're talking parallel universes this week because we're talking the Mandela effect. That's right. Mr. Bunkers asked us to dive deep into the memory switching phenomenon known as the Mandela effect. We've got a lot of really interesting um, psychology to talk about. We've got a lot of interesting parallel universe theory to talk about. We have a lot of really great examples that you've probably heard of, listeners. Um, And maybe some you haven't heard of. That's true. So let's not waste any more time, Andy. Mm -mm. Let's give these listeners the whole enchilada. Yummy. On the Mandela effect. Thank you.
Listeners, has this ever happened to you? You have a memory, something you recall distinctly. Maybe you share the details of this memory with a friend, maybe in a normal human conversation, as we all do. Your friend remembers the same thing as you, but remembers the finer points a bit differently. The two of you can't decide who's remembering it correctly. So you hit up the hit website, google.com, for some clarity. Google all but confirms your friend is right. What gives, though? How can your memory be wrong? Is it possible that this thing you recall so strongly never really was as you believed it to be? Listeners, you might be experiencing something called the Mandela Effect. Now, the Mandela Effect is a common name for the phenomenon of remembering something that doesn't appear to be factually true. The Mandela Effect gets its name, which, here's a little side note, listeners, was allegedly coined by paranormal researcher and MandelaEffect.com administrator Fiona Bromey. Broom. Fiona Broom. My apologies. The Mandela Effect gets its name from Nelson Mandela, the former South African president and apartheid fighter. Nelson Mandela was murdered by old age. That, that timeless killer, old age, murdering people. <laughs> he was murdered by old age in 2013. But some people claim to have distinct memories of, Mel- of Nelson Mandela dying in jail in the 1980s. Some even say they have clear memories of his funeral being broadcast on TV at the time. Andy, how is it that people could develop memories of Nelson Mandela dying in jail 30 years before his actual passing? Wow, Art, uh, that's a tricky question, but I'll be honest, I'm glad you asked it. Um, You see, in psychology, Mandela effect memories may fall into a category known as false memories. False memories, as the name suggests, are when a person remembers something that factually either isn't real or didn't happen, or maybe it didn't happen the way that the person remembers it. Um, Dr. Elizabeth Loftus, who is uh, one of the foremost researchers into false memories, has conducted multiple studies uh, to try to demonstrate the malleability of memory, as they like to say in, in psychology. And one such study... Dr. Loftus gathered a group of test subjects and worked with the subject's parents or uh, their siblings or, or other close relatives to, uh, to make a collection for each person of a few childhood events that took place. Dr. Loftus and her team created books for each subject that had short paragraphs telling the story of these childhood events. Dr. Loftus, though, added one story into each person's book about the subject being lost in a mall or uh, a large department store or uh, an almost closed down Sears. Um, As which there are many. (laughs) Right, yeah. A (laughs) lot of those in people's memories. Um, When the subjects were approximately five years old. Those stories uh, about the the stories involved uh, the subjects getting lost crying, uh, then eventually being comforted and helped by an elderly woman, and then the subjects all having a reunion with their families. These added stories 
which had plausible details that were filled in by the families, were completely false. And the subjects' families confirmed that none of the subjects actually had an event like this happen to them. So, so Dr. Loftus then had the subjects read the books in a, in a first a preliminary interview uh, with her team. Then they conducted two follow-up interviews with each subject. So after reading the books the first time, the subjects were asked to write down what they remembered about each event. They could also write down that they didn't remember the event. In the second and third interviews, the subjects didn't reread the whole books, but they were given some details as retrieval clues, to, retrieval cues uh, to help them, you know, get their memory about them. So the subjects were able to recall about 68% of the true events in each of the three interviews. After the initial interview, though, 29% of the subjects claimed to either partially or fully remember the false events added to their books. On the two follow-up interviews, it fell to about 25% total of the subjects who claimed to remember the false event. So what this demonstrates is at least the possibility that entire false events can be added to our memories or that we can be led to remember the past differently than it actually occurred. Huh. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's a very interesting result to be sure. And, you know, in the case of relating it back to Nelson Mandela, uh, listeners, our friend and yours, YouTuber Lemino, or Lemino, points out that while Mandela was in prison in the 80s, his health deteriorated. Mandela underwent surgery for an enlarged prostate and later contracted tuberculosis. Contemporary news reports openly questioned if Mandela would survive in prison. Now, back to the psychology, is it possible that people who remember Mandela dying are really remembering news reports about his possible death and confusing it for news of his actual death? Well, even if that were true, some people do remember watching TV coverage of Mandela's funeral. If they just confused the news stories about Mandela's health, well, that explains remembering his death, but not remembering watching the funeral coverage. Right, Andy? Well, uh, let me offer up a possible explanation for that too, Art, from the psychology frontier. Uh, Dr. Julius Shaw, who is a false memory researcher, uh related the following experience. Dr. Shaw has an aunt named Ilza. Ilza began telling a story at some point of being in Switzerland with Dr. Shaw's mother and father, a.k.a. Aunt Ilza's sister and brother-in-law. In the story, Ilza recounts how her brother-in-law was driving a car with her sister riding shotgun and Ilza herself in the back seat. The car was parked in a garage, and so they begin to back out of the garage to the street. A man on the sidewalk comes and steps behind the car and is just standing there, blocking their progress. They can't move. Dr. Shaw's mother gets out of the car and goes to ask the man to move so that they can, they can drive the car. The man standing behind the car, rather than just moving out of the way, rushes Dr. Shaw's mother and pushes her back into the car and starts punching her. Dr. Shaw's father hits the gas and they drive away, which saves Dr. Shaw's mother any further harm. Now, 
At first blush, this doesn't seem to relate to false memory at all until you consider that in reality, Aunt Ilza wasn't in the backseat of the car at all. In fact, she wasn't even in the same country at the time the event happened. Aunt Ilza was in Germany when this all happened, which okay, again so, happened in Switzerland. So what Dr. Shaw, Andy, is saying here is that her aunt Ilza somehow adopted this memory as her own, right? Right. So Dr. Shaw suggests the following. Aunt Ilza heard, heard this story a number of different times. She heard it so many times, in fact, that she even learned all the details. Aunt Ilza also had been in a car, had been in a garage, and knew what both her sister and brother-in-law looked like, right? So she knows everything about this situation. She can totally recreate it. Aunt Ilza already had a lot of the information to make a memory. If you consider that Aunt Ilza had a familiarity with the events that occurred, even though it was secondhand, and that she already had a sense of all the physical elements of, you know, having been in that situation, maybe it's not such a leap to think that she could mentally visualize this event so clearly that it somehow bleeds into her own memory. Then we also have to say that it is may, that it maybe isn't so big a leap to think that people who read about Nelson Mandela's possibly imminent death misconstrued it as Nelson Mandela dying, right? Then those same people possibly had some conception of what a funeral proceeding looks like, even a state funeral, and might also then misconstrue this collection of stimuli for a memory, right? Believing it to be something that they actually, factually experienced. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point, Art. Uh, I think we should probably talk about how we even get to a memory, right? So, so Dr. Loftus developed what she calls the skeleton theory to explain the memory acquisition and retrieval processes. Acquisition, that is making a memory, something we do every day with each other. That's right. Begins by the future rememberer. The future rememberer selects a stimulus to focus on, okay? Okay. So to co-op your phrase, Art, anytime something happens to you, there is a collection of stimuli. Right. So in the car scenario, you've got the way a car looks, the way a garage right. looks, the way your the people in the car looks, all that stuff. Everything. Yeah. yeah. The, the for, steering wheel, the gauges, the... There's, there's a ton of stuff. Shift. Like every point in your life, there's a ton of stimuli right. bombarding you. At all the time. And you can't you can't possibly take all of that in and process it and and be aware of it and catalog it. We don't have the bandwidth to do it. So there's there's too much happening. So to make things simple, we choose something that we can focus on. Like our brains do this. So you just naturally choose to tune out a lot of the stimuli that's all around you and focus on something that's more specific. So the next step, once you've got that focus point, the next step is making a bridge between gathering this initial information and being able to recall it later. Dr. Loftus describes this as translating the visual perception into statements and, and descriptions. So you basically turn the stimuli that you collected into your mind into some some statements, some some words that would help you trigger that later. 
Uh, the third step then, after you've done that, is the addition of any post hoc, uh, which is means after the event for the non-Latin speakers listening. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so the the addition of any post hoc information, which can be collected either before or after the retrieval or recall of the memory and can change how the recall occurs. So memory retrieval then, this is when you're gathering the memory when you're trying to bring it back starts with a regeneration of the imagery of the memory. So you, you bring back that stimuli you were focused on. Uh, again, regeneration of the imagery can be impacted by any information gained since the event or since the last time you recalled it. So it could change even based on stuff. Your memory could change. Even something you remembered correctly at one point, new information in your life could make you remember it falsely later on. Right. Uh, so, once the uh, once the imagery then is regenerated, so and that's with all the extra information, a statement response kicks off the process of piecing together the stimuli with statements and descriptions to ultimately form uh, a sense of what actually occurred. All right. So, listeners, what we're basically saying here is that there's almost always too much stimuli for our brains to collect and remember everything that happens. You, we need to have a extremely sharp photographic memory, right? In order to do, to remember every little detail of everything that ever happens. So we pick a few things to focus on. Then we convert that into some helpful format that aids in remembering later on. Also, at any point during the process, we can pick up additional information that affects our ability to recall what happened to us accurately. So, basically, our memories are probably not very good to begin with, Allegedly. Allegedly. And maybe this accounts for why people experience a Mandela effect. Now, it's worth mentioning, though, that the Mandela effect isn't just about folks who think that Nelson Mandela died while in prison, right? There is a wide world of events reported by a number of different people that fall under the Mandela effect phenomenon umbrella. And we're going to we're going to go through a few of the, the main ones. For, for you listeners right now. Yes, let's go through those, shall we? A somewhat famous example is that of the Berenstain Bears, a popular children's entertainment franchise. The name Berenstain is spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N, but some people remember it as B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N with an E instead of an A. Similarly, some remember the name of the hot dog and lunch meat brand Oscar Meyer, Meyer with an A, as being Meyer with an E. Do you remember the song art? My baloney has a first name, it's O S C A R. My baloney has a second name, it's M A Y E R. Some people thought think it's M E Y E R. Um Okay. Uh, more on that later. Yeah, more <laughs> the conspiracy of the uh hot dog song coming up. Uh, another popular children's entertainment franchise, though, is is Curious George. Uh, the titular George doesn't have a tail, but some people remember that he did have a tail. Um, lest we think that Mandela Effect only affects children's entertainment franchises and hot dogs and world leaders, there are plenty of examples in the world of cinema as well. For example, in The Empire Strikes Back, Darth Vader never says the famous line, Luke, I am your father. The actual line he says is, 
No, I am your father. Uh, in the movie Forrest Gump, Forrest, the titular Forrest, never said that life is like a box of chocolates. He actually says, and I quote, Mama always said life was like a box of chocolates. Was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Bingo. Also, the comedian Sinbad never starred in a genie movie in the 90s called Shazam. Though, as YouTuber Lemino points out, uh, Sinbad does have a history of kind of dressing like a genie. <laughs> the 90s were a fun time. <laughs> a great time to be alive. Uh, great if you, time to be a genie. Yeah. If you don't know anything about the 90s, look it up on your Google. Uh, the James Bond villain Jaws had a girlfriend in the movie Moonraker, but contrary to some beliefs, she did not have braces in the film. There are also examples in geography. Some people recall that the United States has 51 or 52 states. The positions of islands such as Sri Lanka or New Zealand are disputed. It seems some don't recall the Norwegian archipelago of Svalbard ever existing at all before. And these are just a few examples. Wow. So there's a wide selection of Mandela effect type instances, right? So, and you know, it's not like these are just one person either, Andy. Maybe mm-hmm. some other people, you know, they know, experience these sort of things. These aren't niche. There are numerous accounts and spread all over the word, world. Can quirks in our memory really explain how two people on opposite sides of the world misremember something in the exact same way? If their memories are being influenced by external events, isn't it logical to say that the external events wouldn't be exactly the same? Or at least that all of their other collected stimuli and recall mechanisms wouldn't lead them to the same exact conclusion. Now, if you're skeptical about the fallibility of human memory as an explanation of this phenomenon, let's throw out some other alternatives, listeners. Okay. Andy, I'll start. How about the multiverse? Now, folks, Andy and I are no physicists. No, God, no. Again, we had to have a 16-year-old explain the double-slit experiment to us on our Simulation theory episode. High schoolers will be calling you again (laughs) for help on the multiverse. So we can only give you this extremely dumbed down version of this suggestion. So here goes. Some people believe that the Mandela effect is a product of multiple universes existing parallel to our own. One hypothesis is that there are an infinite number of parallel universes. So every possibility is true in at least one universe. In fact, There's a universe where you're podcasting to us right now. And we love your show. And we love it. And we can't wait. We've already left it a rating. That's right. right. We might then slide between these different universes, which may cause mismatches in our memories when we return to our home universe, which, for you fans of the hit show Sliders, you're going to remember that. You remember that as the plot of that show. Yeah. (laughs) Bring back Sliders. Let's get it back on TV. Uh, okay, and to add on to that, Art, uh, the multiverse hypotheses, while interesting, they lack any real scientific evidence. A multiverse is theoretically possible, but humans don't currently possess the technology to scientifically test such an idea. So at best, it's just scientific speculation at this point. But wait, there's more. Hypotheses, that is. 
As a shout out to our episode on simulated life, some people think that the Mandela effect could be the cause could be because we're in a simulation. These aberrations in our memory could potentially be glitches in the system that simulates our world. There's also the time travel hypothesis where a person from the future comes back to the past and changes something slightly or for Mandela effect events based in media, the hypothesis that source materials are being altered after the fact for some purpose, which causes the mismatch in memories. Still, some others believe that there may be a concerted effort on the part of governments and other groups to mislead the public. In this hypothesis, the media is complicit in that they spread false information with an intent to deceive. Now, given what we already know about human memory, uh, is it really such a stretch to think that perhaps Mandela effect memories were planted into the minds of the people now recalling by the government with help from the media? You know, listeners, at the end of the day, regardless of the reason for this phenomenon, we're left with the fact that our memories are pretty valuable and malleable. That said, how can you ever trust what you're remembering? Dr. Loftus puts it this way. You need evidence to corroborate what you remember. We don't have the ability to determine if any one memory we have is false or true in the absence of independent evidence to establish the veracity of the memory. What happens, though, if the evidence to support your memory has been altered or if existence around you has been altered? Do we ever really know what we actually remember? Do we ever really know who we are? Maybe British politician Sir Gilbert Parker said it best. Assuming that he did actually say it. Memory is man's greatest friend and worst enemy. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, listeners, this is Art and Andy. Hey, listeners. Um, just wanted to let you guys know that we want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. So if you feel so inclined, feel free to email us at mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Send us your, your feedback. Send us comments. Send us questions. Send us stories about... Send us conspiracy theories that you want us to um, talk about on the show. Right, Andy? Yeah, right. Um, if you don't like email, hit us up on Twitter at Mr. Bunker Pod. That's right. Tweet at us. Tweet us your live reactions to the podcast as you That's, listen to it. Yeah. Tweet us your personal feelings about anything. Really? Uh, or anything that's covered in the podcast. Uh, that's true. Tweet at us uh, photos of your last vacation. Tweet at us <laughs> whatever you feel like. We'd love to interact with you. We love interaction. And speaking of which, if you're in, you've been enjoying the show, 
Uh, we truly appreciate it. Thank and you Mr. for listening. Bunker truly appreciates it. If you feel so inclined, and I know a lot of podcasts say this, but it truly does help us out, leave us a review. Give us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Even if you hate it. Even if you hate it. I mean, preferably you'll like it, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, fair is fair. If fair you is, hate it, you hate it. And right. I'm not going to judge your reaction to that. <laughs> but especially, I mean, if you forget to rate it and you hate it, that's okay. You don't have to rate it if you hate it. But if you love it, rate it. Rate we it. Would, that would be great. <laughs> it would be great. It truly helps us out. And you know what? Let's not take up any more of your time. Let's get back into all that hard-hitting action on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Thanks, listeners. Bye-bye. Welcome back, listeners. That was our research into the phenomenon known as the Mandela Effect. Andy? Are we in a parallel universe? What just Did we shift to a different parallel universe right after we did that script? Do you remember the script, the way it was written? I, I well, I remember. I I don't. All right, listeners, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a disclosure here. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the whole enchilada on myself. Okay, well, we don't. I don't know if we have that. Okay, much well, time. not the whole enchilada, but <laughs> I'm gonna at least give you uh, some enchilada sauce here. Okay, um, I have what's known popularly as a bad memory, and. Uh, this was, uh, an interesting ask from old Mr. B, uh, the titular bunker for, for us this week, uh, from my perspective, because I, uh, Art, I, I don't remember stuff very well anyway. Yeah, that's true. And so I grappled a lot researching this, you know, about Mandela effect, because there's so many people who seem so sure of something that happened that doesn't seem to reflect anything that's actually real now and anytime i think that something was some way and it turns out not to be i'm like oh i'm just such a fucking dummy such an idiot i can't remember anything and i just accept that maybe i shouldn't what do you no, you should. Don't, oh, don't yeah, ever okay, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ever stop thinking that you're don't a big Don't ever idiot. stop believing that I'm stupid. Yeah, no, please no, don't. I, I, what I'm saying is, is should I really uh, accept that the uh, that I'm not having a correct memory, or should or should I maybe maybe there's something to it? Maybe. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't have the best memory some days either, but uh, I still. I mean. I don't know. I guess we can get into it a little bit. I do want to say this real quick, though, that I uh, I got I Mandela you, dude. I Mandela affected you, dude. You what? What? How? In your script, in your research, in a portion of your research today in the script, you wrote T H E R E when it was supposed to be T H E I R there versus there. Whoa! No, I wrote and I it. Changed it. I for sure remember writing it. T H E I R. I know. <laughs> I totally remember that exact word. All right. Well, this gets us to a good. Let's address the elephant in the room. What does the? Oh t- God! What, <laughs> oh, how did an elephant get into the bunker? <laughs> it's me, John Knotts. I and A. Oh. Oh. I'm Hank Hill. <laughs> I'm Don- it's Don Knotts and Hank Hill. I'm your best friend, Don Nuts. Oh, hi, Hank. You like propane and propane accessories? Oh, oh boggle. 
Anyway, let's address the elephant in the room. Yes. Uh, what does the titular bunker want us to believe? What he wants us to believe is that there's there's an ongoing effort to mislead the public, right? Conducted by the powers that be, which to him is the governments which are run by Co- the, the clandestine clandestine reptoids, governments, right? yes. The shadow government, yes. The deep state, yes. Uh, that that information's being altered in such a way that it's that it's changing people's memories that memories are being implanted. And let me just say this to the clandestine government, to the Illuminati, mm-hmm. to the reptoids. You guys are doing a great job making us rethink about these children's cartoon shows. Yes. You guys fucking got us. You changed Baron Stein to Baron Stein and boy, do I feel like a fucking fool. Uh and you got oh man. Oh, I was steaming. Great job moving the location of New Zealand, too. (laughs) That's some devious shit. That affected the fuck out of my life. Big time. Uh, But but in my own, uh, in my own, uh, like, just jumping into this art, like, are we in a parallel universe? Man. It feels like it some days. I'll, I'll say this. Even if we are. There's no way for us to know. That's true. We don't have the ability. Uh, I read a little bit into science. Again, like you said, we're not physicists. I can't give a real. We're physical. 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 Olivia Newton-John. I can't give you a real wizened opinion on this, but what I can say is that the scientific community seems to be pretty divided on the prospects of the multiverse. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of scientists have spent some time thinking through this as a hypothesis. They've spent time constructing hypothetical structures of a multiverse. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of um, scientists who say we don't really have any evidence for it. It's theoretically possible, but just because it's possible doesn't mean that it is. Um, And so some scientists say that it's kind of, I don't know, a waste of time almost for science to be uh, speculating on a multiverse because we have no way to test it. So we'll never be able to determine if it's accurate or not. It's almost like outside the realm of science and into the realm of faith because you say it's theoretically possible. And so then you either believe it or you don't. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing about theoretical physics is that it's just kind of all like it gets really weird really fast, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, multiple, you know. I mean, we'll just we can jump into it. You know, it's like people think that certain of it, it kind of feels that way, right? Like everybody feels that way. It's almost like that South Park episode, right, where Stan starts to realize how shitty the world is, like. Doesn't it sometimes feel that way? Like, because we're, I think it's just a product of technology, right? It's the internet is, we're becoming so globalized. We're becoming so connected to everything all the time that we're starting to see, like, we just see stuff all the time. And we, like people in the 10, 15 years ago, didn't even think about Berenstein versus Berenstain. I'm sure there were a few, but nowadays it's like a, you know, you can probably look up a fucking BuzzFeed article about it. Because everything is... Yeah, you can find that BuzzFeed article in our research that will be posted with the show notes. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? It's like uh, people feel that, like, the world is getting worse. Everything's always 
terrible. Like everything is shit like all the time. Um, but it's all kind of always relative to your experience and what you're seeing. Right. Yeah. I, I would say that's true that, that the, the presence of the internet changes, changes things a lot because yeah, it changes everything. Yeah. If you, if you think about, like you said, let's just say Berenstein Bear, Berenstein Bears, for example. Because that was a big, that one got me. I learned that one in college. I was like, no fucking way. Um, and you one know, of my good buddies um, explained it to me. And I was like, God damn. You know, listeners, if you go, uh, let me know his video. That is the links in the show notes. That's right. If you go and watch the video, he shows, he, he kind of breaks this down. Um, and he shows some of the clips from, because there was a Berenstain Bears TV show. That's right. I watched it. Um, like, first of all, the name Berenstain, Steen is a way more common ending of a name yeah. than Stain. I've never heard Berenstain. Uh, and in like the cartoon show for the Berenstain Bears, anytime anybody says Berenstain, they kind of don't enunciate it very well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, we're the Berenstain Bears. Like, Berenstain, Berenstain, Berenstain. Like, it, you, it's, it's, you know, if you... Unless you're really listening close, you could probably hear Berenstein. Like it's not, and you were a little kid when you were watching it, so right. You don't remember fuck all. I mean, I mean, how many people were were looking at the name of the book? Because who knows if it even comes up in the stories? Like some stories, the name Berenstein never even yeah. gets in there. I mean, I don't even know if that's their name. It's like Papa Bear and Mama Bear and stuff, right? And, and when you're reading a book, you attribute. And here's the thing about memories, and here's an example. When I was reading Harry Potter, and so many people probably experienced this as well, tons of different people had different pronunciations for Hermione. Hermione, her, like her Hermione. I'm trying to think of like other ones. There you go. Like, yeah, <laughs> there, was, there were a lot. And you could come up with other ones too. Like, you know, I don't know. Hermione, I don't know. Hermione. There's a lot. There's a lot of different ways to pronounce that name because who the fuck has ever heard of a name like Hermione? Yeah. But then when the movie came out, it kind of created the, this is the way it's pronounced. And then you have J.K. Rowling. Here's a, here's a perfect example of Mandela Effect. You got J.K. Rowling going back in time. You've heard about these, right? Yeah. That the wizards, the wizards used to shit their pants and then they would magically make the poop disappear. You even heard that one? No. She fucking tweeted that. She was like, actually, <laughs> like wizards in the 1800s would defecate in their pants and magically make it disappear with a simple spell. And people are like, why the fuck are you telling us this? Stop <laughs> telling us this stuff. Oh my God. But she. Yeah, J.K. Rowling's trying to freaking Mandela affect us. She keeps going back in time, changing things about the characters, saying things about the characters that weren't canonized um it's a it, it is a form of mandela effect now you could sit there and say does she have some ulterior motive does she have some kind is, of uh is jk rowling's next job going to be working on one of the game of thrones spinoffs <laughs> god danny forgot about Euron's fleet <laughs> she simply forgot about Whoops. her main enemy whoopsie doodle <laughs> um i don't know i it, i don't Sometimes I feel it's hard to believe that people have strong ulterior motives other than things like money and staying in the limelight, you know? Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's, let me bring this up then. Cause this seems like a good time to introduce it. Um, 
something I kept coming back to researching this is Occam's Razor. Ooh. Uh, if every anyone's familiar with that, it's the maxim that basically says that the simplest explanation is usually the correct one or the right. preferred one. Um, and then an Occam's razor, I think, comes into play a lot in this phenomenon. Yes. Because you, you, you have a lot of dual sort of hypotheses. Right. Is it just that our memories are kind of faulty and we're not, we're not super great at understanding how we get memories and they're easily influenced by other stuff? Or is it that somebody went back and took the braces off of Jaws' girlfriend in Moonraker? George Lucas did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the prequels. If anything. Or the originals. Yeah. They went back and made Han Han shot first. They added Jabba the Hutt in. They added Jabba the Hutt. They did a bunch of shit. They, yeah. cha- they changed uh, who they changed. Wasn't it Wasn't it Obi-Wan's ghost? They changed it to Ewan McGregor. Or they added in Qui-Gon Jinn, I think, or something. Yeah, they did some other like shit, that. too. But... I'll say that's but, a Mandela effect, right? Eh, kind of. Kind of. Well, the thing is that the original, like in that case, the original trilogy of films, you could still, you could still see, you, you, there's evidence of it. Right. It's not like. You have to get a laser disc of it, but you can yeah, do it. Yeah, you can do it. Uh, you can still watch them without all of the added stuff. Um, it's things like the Baron Stain Bears. Nobody can produce a Baron Steen Bears book that's reliable um you know uh, as someone who's read a lot of curious george books he never had a tail what's the purpose of that though i i think that just i attribute that to false memories because memories are bullshit and that's why in courts of law you can't just rely on memory right like (sighs) wow this is a good this is a good actual segue to add some information too for the listeners benefit art yeah uh dr Dr. Shaw and Dr. Loftus, who we mentioned in the research, uh, have both worked with um, courts on false memories in the courtroom. So they they provide expert testimony um, on whether or not they feel that somebody's accurately They're remembering like courtroom something. psychologists, yeah. Yeah, and... Dr. Loftus. I have a degree in psychology. It's everyone, so. NBD dudes. Uh, <laughs> so Dr. Loftus actually has has had some controversy around her uh, at different points in her life because she there's there are some instances of of um, of child abuse that are reported or that come up in the courts and a child will accuse a parent or uh, someone else of, of abusing them. Right. And the memory, Dr. Loftus has provided testimony to basically help exonerate the accused or help free people who've been convicted already. And she kind of freely admits that her doing that maybe actually helped somebody who actually abused a child go free. That's true. But at the same time, you could have, you also helped save innocent lives, right? That's, that's her point is that, um, she, there's no, there's a, there's a debate in the psychological community about repressed memories. Too. That's right. Uh, a lot of, well, there's some, some, at least psychologists don't feel there's no scientific evidence to really support that we can, 
we can make a memory and hide it away for a long time and that it can only be accessed then by through psychoanalysis. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Freud was a big the really the, the originator basically of the idea of rep- repressed memories and he used a lot of techniques like hypnosis right. to help people to help access that subconscious get, yeah, yeah to memories that they've forgotten that they had and what a lot of like Dr. Shaw and Dr. Loftus they find is that in when people are being hypnotized they become susceptible to the psychologist, the person psychoanalyzing them, asking leading questions, like saying, were you ever abused? Something right. like that. That's a leading That's question. A leading because, question. Because it, it assumes it, it, it that, sets yeah. up abuse. It right. plants abuse in the person's mind. And so there's this, uh, there's a story, there's a, a more detail about it in the, in the show notes, but uh, this woman, Nadine cool, who started seeing a, uh, a psychologist and the psychologist using hypnosis convinced her that she had been abused and that she had like 146 different personalities, I think. Oh, wow. And it it turned out that she didn't, that it was just, you know, under hypnosis or using um, a, a barbiturate that um, is like a hypnotic drug. Right. Um, some people, just get really susceptible to suggestions. And uh, in her case, she sued her psychologist and won uh, or they settled. I don't remember, but at any rate, the the person at least at the time was still practicing. Wow. <laughs> but they were, I mean, it was a big, it was a big thing. So, you know, there are our memories uh, sometimes because they're so susceptible to this suggestibility and, and they're so malleable. Sometimes you need that check, but at the same time, maybe, I mean, we can't, there's no way to know without the physical evidence. Sometimes there's no way to know it's, and this has happened a lot. You know, it's, it's come up a lot in the news recently, somewhat recently, actually at, at the time of this recording, um, memories are tough. They, yeah. and when you have like flashbulb memories, like you'll have these intense memories of, tragic moments and it's been a long time. Yeah. They can be, they can be influenced. They can be changed. Other things that happen to you can, you know, especially when you're dealing with abuse. I mean, we're talking here about the fucking Berenstain bears yeah, and yeah. The Oscar Mayer wiener. Like yeah. that's not a big deal. That's not changing the world. But when you're abused, it, it totally, it in a way kind of teleports you to a different universe. Yeah. If you want to get real high concept with it. Yeah. It changes your life completely for the worse, um, you know, in a in a totally radical way. Yeah. It really does. It changes everything. And you are now a survivor. Yeah. You know, you're now a survivor of abuse and it, it just, it changes you. Well, and another uh, psychologist talking about the possibility of repression, I read, said that an easy way to understand it is to think of we've all experienced an embarrassing moment. Oh, every day of my life. (laughs) Say like when you were in high school or middle school. Oh God, don't fucking start it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing. We've all had those, those moments where we had these really embarrassing situations. 
we don't want to think about them all the time. No. And so, for some reason, I keep doing it when I try to fall asleep at night. For some reason, I just keep shouting it out loud from the rooftop. So we try to forget it. It's still there. We just don't think about it. But then it can be those recall mechanisms. If we get a cue to recall that, yeah. we can bring it back still. It happens. But we just don't yes. think about it. And you never know what that thing could be. It could be the weirdest little thing. Yeah. Um, maybe we should share some with the listeners. <laughs> uh, embarrassing moment. <laughs> yeah. I got one queued up. Okay, go. I don't know if I told you this one because it, I mean, it happened in, well, I was in college and we knew each other. You mm-hmm. knew me while I was in college. Yeah. But um, a girl who was a friend of mine, um, who I just thought was a, as a friend, um, we were like, just, I never had any, I had never had any other interest other than a platonic relationship with this person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and one day we were just kind of hanging out and then I was going to get on the bus to go to a class, go take a class, take the bus down to the campus. And, uh, they, uh, while I was boarding the bus in front of a crowded bus full of people asked me out on a date and I was taken very aback by this. I was shocked and I have never, I mean, I've never really, I don't know how many times I've been in that situation, but I like stammered and I stuttered like a dork. And then I eventually just said, no, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think of you that way, which is kind of yeah. like, I don't, I just had no interest. Yeah. It's not my fault. Like, and I just goes like, uh, okay, well, bye. <laughs> and I got on the bus and I left and boy, I felt fucking weird. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, kind of, I think, you know, that kind of, it's hard to come back to a relationship when that happens, right? Transported to a different universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, that event whole... really changed things. So yeah, that made a big difference. So now I, that memory comes up. I mean, I'm getting older now, so I don't, I don't really care as much, but. Yeah, it's still cringy and pretty much anything involving high school makes me cringe. Like just any thought involving high school is just like those are all just memories I want to lock away in a vault and just never, ever access in a million fucking years. Just keep them all just so cringy. Everything. Some people say like, oh, if I could go back to high school, I would do it in a heartbeat. I'm like, I wouldn't go for a billion dollars. If you peaked in high school, I honestly feel bad. You know what my peak was when I was like freshman or sophomore in college? Those were the good old days. I think I'm hitting my stride right now. Right now? This is it? This is peak me, baby. You're getting peak art. Wow. For you uh, (laughs) Sid Meier Civilizations fans, art has entered a golden age. (laughs) I've got all the The golden age already. I got all the culture I need. Whoa. (laughs) Good job, art. (laughs) And I'm taking over other people's cities through my own aura of culture. No. Don't steal my thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've always been an old man trapped in a young person's body. So mm-hmm. now that I'm getting older, mm-hmm. I'm finally like, ah, finally, I have excuses for why I can't go hang out, <laughs> which is that I'm old and I don't want to. <laughs> and none of my friends do either because yeah. they're getting old. They're old, too. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I really don't have a problem with my life right now. You know, um, like, is it? Is perfect? No. Is it ever perfect? Probably not. It never will be. But uh, things are good. Yeah. Um, so you don't think about that a lot. No, but if I come in contact with a bus or 
Uh, which I do frequently. I'm always getting hit by buses. Yeah, I'm just constantly. <laughs> it's like physical contact. I'll, I'll touch a bus. I'll just see a bus out and I'm the bus whisperer. I just stroke a bus and I'll say, oh, the memories. Yeah. You're like some sort of weird like bus medium. Um, No, but that's like a repressed. Oh, they're cringe. Mem- mostly cringe memories. Yeah. Come back. Um, things like that. But also yeah. as I get older, my memory gets so fucking worse and I am, I am able to not recall details of things that happen. Like anytime I'm with my college friends and we're, we always end up the, whenever we're hanging out, we always end up just retelling old college stories that we just constantly retell over and over and over again. And I find myself being able to not remember certain details. I remember the main beats yeah you know you get the general idea so in a court of law i would be fucking useless yeah uh one one interesting thing that they bring up like is that you know in in if you if you if you get people a lineup of suspects that committed a crime against them they'll they'll pick somebody and they'll only be kind of sure about it but then they'll get in court and say, yes, this is absolutely right. So, or if you show them pictures beforehand of right. certain things, like, or you start like leading them about like their attributes and certain things, they will, they go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did have green eyes. That's right. He did yeah. have green eyes or he did have, you know, he was wearing a polo. It's like what he was, he was a round man wearing a polo with the, the dead eyes of a serial killer and long brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what was his name? Was it did it start with an A? It did start with an A. It was uh it was Andy. That was That's it. It right. was <laughs> Folks, I've been convicted of a lot of crimes that I did not commit. <laughs> Check out the GoFundMe for my innocence project. <laughs> but they say what Dr. Shaw says is that the best way to get a um a suspect or, or a person who's a victim, a victim to talk about what happened to them, to get the most accurate account is to just let them describe it right as close to the event as you can. So they've had the least amount of time to let other information influence them. Just let them describe what happened and don't ask them any questions unless you need to ask them a question for more clarity to say, could you talk that about that a little bit more? Like don't, don't add any information to it because if I ask you to, I think an example that I read was if I ask you to describe a wallet You'll just tell me what you think. But if I say, what shade of blue was the wallet? Well, even if it's not blue, you already make, your brain will probably already make the leap that it was blue. If you don't, if you don't distinctly remember otherwise, if you didn't focus on that stimuli initially, you'll just assume it was blue. And then your brain just sort of backfills the details and you make, you essentially just make up what shade it was. Even, and it was never blue to begin with. And, and we've seen this multiple times. I mean, this is a tactic used by corrupt people to influence others. We've see, You can see this in the Making a Murderer documentary. Yeah. Um, how they kind of implant, they led and implanted things on Brendan Dassey over and over and over again until he eventually was just like, yeah, I, okay, I guess I did it. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah, you can squeeze a confession out of somebody right. just by... You know, eventually you, you ask so many leading questions, you tell the person, yes, we know that you did it. Eventually they, they might start to just believe that they and did it. You see 
forced confessions in so many different in exoneration cases. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing is memories are fucking, they're shitty. Memories yeah. suck. Human beings, while we are the coolest fucking dudes on the planet. Freaking cool as hell. Our memories fucking blow. <laughs> I mean, it just gets back to this, the, this thing we've talked about before. Yeah. There, we don't, our senses don't equip us to record all the stimuli or even process it in yeah. the moment. All the stimuli that are just bombarding us. So we have to dumb it down. Like, And the dumbing it down sometimes means that we miss details that later on might be wildly important that at the time we didn't know. Right. So we didn't focus on it. Like I've been, uh, this is something you know about me because you know me, but listeners don't know this about me is I've been attacked on the train before. Mm, that's true. It was a, you know, I got attacked and it was a big thing and I got punched in the face. I can remember the beats of that story. There was a, uh, let's just to speed through it. You know, I was attacked on the train. There was a, there was somebody who was like, essentially a lead witness who came to the court case with me at, after I was attacked. I can't remember what that person looks like. Yeah. He was the lead witness in my court case. I, I spent yeah. hours with this guy. I got lunch with him during the court recess. I can't remember what he looks like. Yeah. I, if you told me he wore glasses, I would say, you know what? Actually, yeah, I think he did wear glasses. I have no clue what his gla- what his face looked like. Uh, I can barely see the face of the dude who attacked me. Yeah. I have general, I mean, this was only, oh, geez, at this point, it's probably like, what, eight years ago? Fuck. 10? I was 19. Uh, it, um. So, yeah, a little under 10 years ago. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Getting old. But if you talk, like. It was nine years ago. I. It's a flashbulb memory. I can only remember. Yeah. Pieces of it, like what it looked like to get punched in the, like, I can't see things in that, um, I can't see things in that scenario from my own point of view. I see them as an imagined memory where I'm a camera floating on the outside looking in, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not seeing it through my own eyes. I'm seeing it through what I probably looked and felt like at the time. Yeah. Related to the stimuli of, what it feels like to get punched in the face, what it feels like to feel blood trickling down, what it feels like to shamble, like the adrenaline rushing through your body, like, you know, things like that, the sounds, weird things like that. I, you know, there's so many parts of that where I can't remember, you know? Yeah. No, I can remember sitting in the ambulance, getting stitched up. I can remember other parts, but you know, that's just one small example, right? Yeah. Of, of that. And obviously you never had that perception of being um a bird's eye view of this happening. Right. So your brain's completely constructed that out of just what you already know. Right. Cuz you getting back to that whole idea that you already have the information needed to make that memory because you already know what a train looks like from that perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that might not I don't remember what the train ad looks like. Yeah. I don't remember what the the uh you know, on Chicago trains, there's maps of the train line. Uh, I can't remember what that looks like. Yeah. Because it's different now. But if yeah, you, what was the temperature that day? Yeah. What was the temp? Yeah. I remember I was wearing a jacket. I kind of remember the clothes I was wearing in my backpack. Yeah. But I don't remember things like that. Yeah. What did the person look like sitting in front of you on the train? Well, there wasn't anyone. I was standing. Yeah. But who was sitting in the seat? I don't. I can't see any of the faces. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, if you told me that, like, oh, actually, did you know there was an accomplice sitting in that front seat? Like, he looked like, I was be like, oh, yeah, I guess maybe you're right. Oh, wow. Okay. But you can see just through this small example how easy it would be to implant a memory within me. Now, obviously, me being an honorable, chill as fuck, super cool, sexy, sexy, very nice, athletic, hogged out. Hog-like. Hog like, oh, yeah. Sorry, hog like <laughs> kind of dude. Yeah, I would say no. I don't recall. Yeah, I wouldn't lie. But uh, I, I think about, I think about driving a lot because when you're driving, you you tune so much out. Oh yeah. I mean, I used I used to drive home from work, and I like if you asked me what happened on the way, I would be like, I have no idea. Commutes are a great because I already know how to get home. So I don't need to think about all the scenery and stuff. So I don't pay attention to it. And it's just like, you're all you focus on is just not crashing into something. And so, and listening to this podcast, have you told me like, Oh, there was a billboard for English muffins, uh, off to the side. I would say, okay. Sure. You haven't seen that billboard. Mm-mm. It is a fucking great billboard, but real, I, they took a real weird turn. St. <laughs> Thomas, uh, English muffins. Yeah. St. Thomas. Boy, they, they went the Carl's Jr. route. Now they have like half naked oh, women eating these Paris English Hilton muffins. Yeah. An English muffin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kate Upton in a bikini eating an English muffin. Hey, whatever happened to Kate Upton anyway? She's just kind of there. Okay. She had like these 15 minutes of fame and then, uh, that fucking creepy photographer dude was taking videos of her who shoots videos of everybody. Oh yeah. You yeah. know that creep? Yeah. He takes, is that like Richardson or something? Yeah, he's that, he's that. He's got the mustache and the sideburns and yeah, the tattoos the, and the glasses. He's kind of bald. What was the name of that thing? Ah, anyway. She did the- The creep guy. The cat daddy dance. The cat scratch dance. Hmm? She did that dance video. And then she was in that commercial. And now she's doing like commercials for that stupid mobile game. Yeah. Um, But that's kind of it. All right. Well, she's still, hey, Kate Upton, get at us. What you been up to, girl? <laughs> Kate Upton, we know you're listening. Uh, let us, us tweet at us, email us, uh, let us know what's going on in your life. Uh, when Kate responds, we'll get you the full Kate Upton update here on the Kate Upton Conspiracy Time podcast. The Kate Upton update. <laughs> the Kate up date up Dayton. But anyway, we're what I'm saying is I think that memories are there. Is there something in the bunker that's bothering you, Andy? Yeah, I'm bothered. Is part of Bunker's uh hold on set up here uh there's a thermal sheet touching me. Oh, one of his thermal sheets? Yeah. Is it good? You want one of his space blankets. You want me to uh get a clamp and pair it back? Uh, no, no, it's okay. okay. I fixed it. All right. Um I I just I just find it hard to believe that I just don't human memories are just like you know, and this happens all the time is like people want to remember things the way they want to remember them. And yeah. of course people Memorize things in a way that makes them look good. Yeah. Um, Can I say this? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I don't know. What are you going to say? <laughs> if it's something racist or fucking sexist, I hope, I don't think no, you should I, say no, it. No, I'm not going to say anything okay. like that. Uh, Fiona Broom, who yeah. who manages the, the Mandela Effect.com website, um, she she comes off to me as a very earnest and curious person. And she's personally experienced a few of these things. Okay. And she, she puts on the website even that if you feel like you've had one of these, you should check all the available evidence to make sure that you're not just wrong. Right. And that you can clearly 
with evidence show that you're just not remembering it correctly. And then you should talk to people. And if you're really bothered by your memories, you should seek professional psychological help to help somebody help you process this. But um, the website itself, um, th- there's there's a lot of different Mandela effect events on it. And it's things like, I'm going to talk about one specifically, which is the position of Sri Lanka. Okay. So it's to the, uh, as you look at the map, it's, it's, it's to the, the Southeast of right. the, the Indian subcontinent. It's a, it's an, it's an Island. It's an Island off the, off the Southeastern coast of India. Right. Um, a lot of people seem to remember that it's on the Southwestern coast of India. No. And maybe that the topography was different at some point. So on the website, they have a page about it and they've collected old maps that put the location into question, but it might be because of the, the scope of the map or or whatever. I mean, these are like maps from the 18th century, but then they can't find any evidence of it ever being in a different position on any maps after that. Okay. But some people, I mean, what it gets down to is people are just kind of going, but I remember it being somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And, and it's like, but memories you, are bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're probably so thinking what? of Italy. Yeah. I mean, you're probably thinking knows? of Sicily. Yeah. Who knows what they've got in mind and maybe they just don't know geography that well. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe that's at the end of the day, you're hitting the nail on the head there, Andy. Um, you know, they're like, like, um, for our Norwegian listeners, uh, like Svalbard came up and somebody posted a comment on the website, which you can't really comment on stuff anymore. She turned it off because she was Fiona broom. That is she turned off commenting because she's not a conspiracy theory believer. So some of the more conspiratorial aspects of it, the bunkers of the world, the bunkers the of Mr. the world bunkers ruined it for world. everybody Fucking on, a. on Mandela effect.com. Because they started posting too much conspiracy stuff, so she shut it off. But, you know, when they were still commenting, somebody said, well, look, I don't know much about geography. There you go. <laughs> but I like to go on Google Earth sometimes and look at stuff. And I never heard of this Svalbard before until I saw it on Google Earth. And it's like, well, so what? You didn't hear about it before. Did you assume that you heard of an archipelago off the coast of Norway? Like, did you? You already you said just, you're not a... You don't know much about geography, but you would have known about every archipelago in the world i mean so what and a lot of the stuff is kind of like that where it's like well i don't have any evidence to back this up but mm, i kind of remember that that's the thing mr bunker refuses to believe that svalbard exists <laughs> i'm sorry to our norwegian listeners he uh, he won't acknowledge it. it he won't he acknowledge will not it. acknowledge it we do yeah so keep listening norwegian listeners but uh <laughs> in fact i mean listen a lot share it with your friends you know, we use support Svalbard. Use the hashtag. Uh, hashtag Svalbard is real. Yeah. And tweeted us. Yeah. Let us know your support for the archipelago. That, I mean, there you go. That's your answer right there is the human condition, the human being, the human mind is faulty. It's bullshit. But people don't want to portray themselves as dummies or that they're getting old, that they can't remember shit right. And so they just they're stubborn and they stick their heels and they say, I don't know. That don't exist. I shouldn't give all crazy conspiracy people a southern <laughs> accent, but it's just too fun to do. I just get I get back to Occam's razor, right? Which I, I'll say this too: not very just, good at shaving. Just no, it doesn't work. And also, not a very good phone from the early two thousands. Uh, no, yeah, that's a flip phone you don't want to get. 
Occam's razor, just as a side, an aside here, and I'll get back to my main point in a second. Okay. On when we're talking about the multiverse, there's also a debate in the scientific community about whether a multiverse hypothesis meets the test of Occam's razor. Hmm. Some people say expand on that. I'll expand like the universe, baby. Some people say, Oh God, he's ballooning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm filling all available space with hot gas. (laughs) Boy, am I ever, I shouldn't have had that bean burrito for breakfast. (laughs) Some people say that a single unified universe is the simplest explanation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some scientists say that a single unified universe hypothesis is less simple than a, a multiverse. Multi yeah. huh. That the multiverse, ex- based on, because I, I think it has something to do with the way that our that the laws of physics uh, exist in this universe. Um, there's a word for it, and I can't remember it now, and I probably won't be able to, so we'll just have to forget it. But um, there's because the uh, like the multiverse accounts for a lot of different rules of physics, right? Um, that it makes sense that there would be multiple universes. Um, then, um, idiosyncratic is the word I wanted. Ah. Idiosyncratic, singular, idiosyncratic universe makes less sense than a bunch of universes that have a bunch of different rules. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, a scientist described it as saying that a, an ensemble sometimes makes more sense than one of its single members. So I'll just throw that out there. But, um, mm. my main point was Occam's razor. Do, uh, does it make more sense to, is it simpler to say that, like you said, art, we just have, memories that are susceptible to things or does it make more sense to say that the shadow government is going backwards in time and or people are time traveling or you know media is being changed and so like all available copies that show it the original way are being taken out of the market and nobody can produce them and then they change it later on you know what i mean i mean there's yeah it's like it's like is that a simple what are they changing well, that's the thing is like if we use that just the a simple, Oscar Mayer Wiener was spelled different. Like, yeah, that doesn't or in Forrest Gump that they somehow took all all copies of Forrest Gump where he says life is like a box of chocolates. You can't do that, though, because there's there's yeah. physical copies of things that exist that you digitally I can understand. Like, right. This idea that there's a conspiracy theory called like Google Earth Black Zones or, yeah. you know, that we might cover in a future episode where. When you have companies like Google that fucking control everything yeah. and have all the fucking data and they're like the biggest search engine, like, yeah, then that gets a little, they're kind of controlling the narrative or here to, to social media is a perfect example, Facebook and its algorithm or how, um, and Twitter and their algorithms, how they shape the public discourse by what they show and don't show. Yeah. What they ban and don't ban. Yeah. Um, that's a more believable example than the shadow government is any of these other fucking things like Berenstain Bears. Yeah. I mean, that's one that's like, well, what would be the point of that even? Or what would be the point of changing Forrest Gump? Yeah. Like one word in the whole movie? Or yeah, it's Star Wars. Like it's not. Yeah. I mean, it. yeah, it, it's 
the the point of it doesn't seem to exist <laughs> if there was a concerted effort. No. Hey, quick question for you. Yeah. Let's assume for a moment okay. that we do live in one universe that's part of a multiverse. Yeah. Let's, okay. You got that in your mind? Yeah. You're assuming that? Okay. Now think about this. There's a parallel universe to the one we live in. What's parallel art like? Oh, he's dead. Whoa. What? There's a lot of dead arts. <laughs> I mean, with all the theoretically speaking, there has to be close encounters I've had with the deathly encounter. Like, okay, that punch in the face scenario. There's a parallel universe where art fights back. <laughs> There's a parallel universe where that guy fucking fatalities you. Yeah, like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he fucking like uh, he uppercuts you and your <laughs> your skull pops off along with your spine. Yeah, Sub Zero. No, yeah. Sub Zero encases you, and I think that's Scorpion. Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion. And then I think Kano rips your heart out. Forget what Johnny Cage does. I think he just beats the shit out of you. Mm, yeah, I can't remember. Sonya like stabs you in the legs. I think. Some jade. Anyway, if you hey, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan out there, <laughs> Raiden electrocutes you for sure. For sure, that's his thing. He loves the power. <laughs> Tweeted us with uh, my Mortal Kombat fatality. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait. Yeah. There's a good question. What if you were a Mortal Kombat character? What would your fatality move be? Oh, that's a good one. I gotta think on that one. Listeners, uh, tweet at us. Get at us with that stuff. My Mortal Combat fatality. I'd probably Hashtag. like. Um, Tell us what your fatality. I'd probably would be. squat them. Squat them. Yeah. Or I'd like. I'd I'd sit on them. Or I'd, no, maybe I wouldn't sit on them. Hmm, that's a good fucking question. I have to think about that. But anyway, um, there's parallel universe arts where he's gotten into multiple car accidents <laughs> when he was a high schooler. Driving along the Chicago streets. Um, there's parallel. There's a lot of parallel arts that are sad. They don't have it because, you know, current universe art, like we just said, doesn't have a lot to complain about. So there's a lot of other parallel universe arts that do and they're sad and they want to be current universe art. They're probably trying to. <laughs> they're so envious of current, they're, current they're universe so, art. They just sit they sit there and they talk to themselves all day long, which is something that current and all parallel universe arts do. So if, and if there's like a dimension where all the arts meet and get together, that's the one thing that is constant between all of them is that they talk to themselves. <laughs> that's the unchanging laws of physics. Yes. Art always talks to himself. <laughs> is there a watershed moment in your life that if there was only one parallel universe that that art in that universe would have done that would have happened differently. Yeah. And what what is that art's life like? Um it's high school freshman year. Mm-hmm. This also is a cringe memory for me, but Oh boy, I'm sorry. Uh I didn't mean to trigger you. Well, you did it. High school freshman year, I, it was in my last English class. I was at like ninth period, the last period of the day. And I was in English and the teacher was doing one of those dumb icebreakers to get everyone to like talk and um introduce themselves and i was everyone else i was the last one to go he, he so he said like if you want to get up in front of the class and like act out a little skit to like introduce yourself you can do that and so everyone else just like stood up and said their name and like said something they like so it would be like hi i'm timmy i play football hi i'm jessica i'm a cheerleader i play football yeah i play football <laughs> why did everyone play football in that school <laughs> 
we had the first and only co-ed football team uh, <laughs> and mandatory participation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So and no one else did. I mean, maybe like one person got up and was like, "Oh, hey, I'm so and so. I like to play baseball." And they did like a little swing. Yeah. I'm the last one. I get up. I go you were the last? I was the last. Oh, God. Because of the way I was sitting. Oh, God. It was what? like a U shape. Okay. So I'm the last one. I get up. I go in front of the whole fucking class. Oh, God. And I was just like, hey, my name's Arthur. I like to run or something. <laughs> like, I like to do track and field because. Did you? Yeah, I did. Oh. In middle school, I did a lot of it. Hmm. Um, and so then I started doing like a little run. Run in place in front of the whole class. Yeah. And no one like laughed at me. It was just kind of awkward and weird. Like, it was just a weird thing to do because no one else did it. And then I just sat back down and I felt embarrassed. But then afterwards, the teacher came up to me and was like, hey, I run the improv club here at this high school. Uh, you should consider joining because you're a fucking weirdo. Yeah, right. He gets up in front of class. <laughs> you don't seem like you're socially viable, yeah. so <laughs> you might as well get involved you in comedy. You have no shame. <laughs> so you should definitely get involved in comedy, especially improv comedy, not yeah. like a lucrative one like stand-up. Yeah. Get the one where nobody pays you for anything. <laughs> And no one respects it. Yeah. Um, so that I think is the watershed moment because, and I think you can attest to us. I think comedy has had the biggest, all the things that we've done, you know, all the, everything that has happened in my life since I was 14 has been influenced by fucking comedy. Yeah. All my decisions. I would have never have met you. We wouldn't be sitting here in this bunker doing this podcast if I had not gone to that improv club when I was a freshman in high school. You know what I was going to say? I had gone and done track and field. I would be in the Olympics. There's a you, there's a parallel universe art. You would have been a gold medalist by now. There is a parallel universe art who is so fucking fast and so good at the Olympics. And he has all a, of the Olympics. He has a goddamn subway competes commercial. in every sport, <laughs> summer and winter. He's a goddamn juggernaut. That's my watershed moment, Andy. What's yours? Uh I you know, I was going to say kind of the same thing uh in 2010 i moved to chicago yeah and there's a, par- a parallel me would be did not do that there's a parallel you that's still hanging out in ohio yeah still living in ohio um yeah that parallel me who knows what that parallel me is maybe it even you know he's got all these uh these these uh possibilities for his life that he's just sort of stuffed away deep down inside of him he didn't take the the chance to You've got a Express great those. WordPress blog that yeah uh, yeah that you uh, oh boy you you have a lot of fun ideas that you share on that a lot your little, of your sketches a lot of golden ideas that uh, like uh, like a lunchroom carnival mm. a log ride of marinara and mozzarella sticks <laughs> um, great idea million dollar idea listeners you can have that one for free. I don't think that that parallel universe, Andy, is necessarily sad or broken, but I feel like there's a tinge of regret with that parallel universe, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that- He'll always wonder what if. I don't think he's sad, but yeah, he just wonders what if. He thinks about it a lot. And he also doesn't wear polos. What? Yeah. Yeah, He's more of a button-up guy. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, think about that. I don't want to. Yeah. That's not hot at all. Scary. Current universe, Andy is fucking fine. <laughs> Those polos, sexy as hell. 
listeners, uh, tell us about your watershed moment and what your parallel universe you is like. Um, tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Listeners, you got a lot of homework this week. We asked you to tweet a lot of stuff at us, so get out there and do it. Uh, you for your parallel universe, use the hashtag my parallel self and me. Wow, Art's furiously scribbling some notes right now. Um, wow, oh, he's probably writing down the hashtag. No, what are you talking about? Uh, um, yeah. So what else do you want to discuss here? Are you ready to render a verdict? I, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to touch back on the parallel universe thing. I know okay. we just did, but it's so... I mean, I, part of me wants to believe that there is one. The Occam's razor thing is really interesting. What is the simplest answer? Is it that there are multiple universes and that's how we make up for all the inconsistencies? Or is it that there are... There's only one. Hey, like we talked about simulation theory, you raised this point. The speed of light is the fastest anything in this universe can go. Why? Why that exact speed? We don't know. Why can't anything exceed it? Does it make, is it simpler to say that there's just one universe or is it simpler to say that this is just a strange rule in this universe and there's lots of other universes where that's not true? where the top speed of things is more in places where it's less like extending to a point where it's infinitely, the speed is infinite and the possible, you know, like in those universes that the, and there's some place where the top speed is nothing moves infinitely small. Do we think about, do we think about like countries that, deny genocide as a a Mandela effect or is that more just like an obvious suppression of facts yeah I don't think that that the Armenian genocide yeah because that's more of a that's more of of Turkey just saying this never happened right I mean I don't think that you would say that a Holocaust denier is having a Mandela effect it's more of a there's there's more to it than that there's it's almost more like terrorism than it is just a faulty memory, right? Right. Because it's... Well, I'm trying to pick at this idea that the shadow government and all this stuff is changing things. What would they be changing? What about history are they changing? That's the kind of stuff they would try to change. That also assumes that they, I guess, have the ability to go back in time? Or they just can change Not things? necessarily. They're, I mean, part of the hypothesis in some sense is that there could be time travelers changing things in the past. And for some reason we retain those memories. The, you know, that the, the change in the past doesn't impact our memories, but it used to be Berenstein and they went back in the past and changed it to Berenstein. And so now it's, everything is Berenstein because they changed it in the past. So there's no possible way to get a record of it because they went back in the past and changed it, but it didn't affect some people's memories. You know, I think though, with the advent of the internet, it's so it's getting harder and harder. I think to me personally, I would say from my uneducated mind, um, it's getting harder to erase things because the internet creates a digital copy of fucking everything. And you see this with tabloids. Yeah. It's like, if you fucking tweet it, I don't give a shit if the shadow government tries to erase it. Somebody has a copy of it. Yeah. I, I've like, you see this a lot with NBA players. They tweet stupid shit back when, before they were pros 
And then they go back once they pretty much if if you get signed to the NBA, your your publicist or whoever is the publicist for the organization is going to say, OK, time to go delete all your old fucking tweets now. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like they, they exist somewhere. People have copies of that shit. Yeah. Um. So do I think that maybe they've tried to go back and then the thing about deleting things that don't aren't digital copies is there's still a physical copy somewhere. So you can't. You can't erase stuff like that. So if you had yeah. some kind of documentary that was created back in the day and I still have the VHS for it, I still have this copy that's not compromised. Yeah. In some way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh if there's I don't think that the Mandela effect will go away. No. I think that there's still gonna be instances, but I think that it'll be there'll be a lot less speculation about some of these things because People will say, well, if you remember it that way, we can get proof of it existing at the time when you remember it, where it's not like you remember it. Right. Because of the internet. So it would probably just help in providing evidence. the internet evidence. can also doctor things. Yeah. It's hard sometimes to find out what's real and what's not. That's uh, one thing that- You can uh, easily doctor a tweet. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing Fiona Broom brings up is that she's had people send her all kinds of pictures of- Berenstein, Berenstein Bears books, but they've been altered. Right. And you can, it's like visible that there was some alteration in the the photo. All right. Whether they altered it physically or altered it in Photoshop or whatever. All right, Andy. I think it's time. I think it's time we give our final verdicts. All right. Why don't you lay it on me? Okay. I'm going to start off by saying, I'm going to render a verdict. Is... The Mandela effect, a massive conspiracy. Are we seeing evidence that the shadow government is making some modifications to things that exist in our world and implanting memories in people's minds for an unspecified purpose? My verdict? Not plausible. Wow. I just don't buy it. It just seems... It seems like a lot of the things are fairly innocuous. Um, one thing we didn't touch on is that some people think that red and blue in logos have changed, like in the Pepsi like logo, Pepsi. for example. Yeah. That the red and the blue parts were different before, and they keep changing back and forth, and that maybe this is some kind of signal that the Illuminati send each other every time the Pepsi logo changes. That's some cue for something. It's like, well, I don't know what it is. You know, it just, it's... It just is, it's a speculation. Boy, the Illuminati have to learn about this fantastic thing called cell phones yeah. and texting. Because trying if to they send can afford signals, to change yeah. Pepsi's logo every whip stitch when they need something and build a whole airport in Denver, uh, they should just like get a secured phone line. I'm imagining this one Illuminati member who- Build like, their own wireless company that nobody can get into. Yeah, who like sends out messages for the stupidest shit. And the other Illuminati members are like, what? What is it? What is it? He's like, oh, uh, I forgot, uh, I forgot the passcode for the toaster. Wanted to let you guys know, <laughs> egg salad next month at the luncheon. <laughs> it's like this is we had to change the Pepsi logo again. Like, you know how much this costs? We had to make a new Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, there's only so many different ways we can say Baron Stain. Damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> 
Jeremy's like, ah, jeez, ah, sorry, guys. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy, I pulled another boner, I guess, fellas. Ay, ay, ay. Look, I like this job a lot. I don't <laughs> want to lose it. I love being the Illuminati intern. <laughs> Just let me stay on for another couple of weeks. I swear I'm going to change it around. I'm going to get it right. <laughs> Egg salad, though. Ooh, yummy, yummy. But, ooh, watch out for the farts afterwards. I get such a stinky fart that sulfur in the eggs. Oh, boy. Why there's sulfur in the eggs? Oh, uh, that's just how they smell when they go through your body. That rotten egg, that sulfur smell. Ooh. Stinky. <laughs> So I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think that it's, uh, I think the Mandela effect is a product of our easily influenced, highly suspect memories. And the, the Mandela effect website kind of got me to that point because people offer up very little evidence other than just, I, I really remember it being some other way than it is. <laughs> and it's like, that's not, that's just hearsay. I mean, I think that the most interesting uh, possibility is that if there's a multiverse and there's some sort of bleed through or we're like swapping dimensions or something, that there could be some weird thing like that. But there's just no evidence for it. I mean, it's just it's all just speculation. So I have to just say that I, I think there's probably a psychological explanation. And as as we continue to unlock more secrets of our brains perhaps there will be a definitive solution for Mandela effect memories where science will be able to answer that question completely. Wow. And that's my verdict. That's a solid verdict, Andy. I got to say, and, uh, thank you. I appreciate your respect. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you're lucky that this universe art gives you respect because parallel universe art does not No, he shit on my car. Yeah. (laughs) Like a bird. Up, from climb, way in the air. Climb up into a tree. Weird tree white branch. droplets of art shit <laughs> yeah. just everywhere. Um, I got to say, I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to give a not plausible as well. I think the Mandela effect in general. Now, if you want to talk about shadow government, blah, 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 blah. You want to talk about actual suppression of things. You want to talk about... Like we said, the kind of genocide example, I think those things exist and sure. those things happen. There's there's evidence of that. There's something tangible that isn't just memories. Yeah. But that's not the Mandela effect, right? This is, we're talking about the examples too are just like so asinine. It's like, I don't give a shit what the fucking Pepsi logo looks like. I don't care if it's Berenstein or Berenstain or how you fucking say Hermione. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Why would they why are they changing this? What 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 does that do? So I'm going to say not plausible as well. Now multiple universes, that's a fun thing to think about. I think I'm very agnostic about it though. So I can't in my heart of hearts, you know, the heart that I have inside of my heart. Wait, what? I have multiple Breaking hearts. news everyone. My heart is like a Russian nesting doll. <laughs> Just tiny tiny little hearts. Just little hearts everywhere. Until you get to the core heart which is shaped like those valentine's day chalk candies the heart of darkness says i love you wait what mm. <laughs> heart of art sorry uh heart of arkness anyway <laughs> i think 
I just don't know if there's multiple universes. So I can't sit here and say like, yeah, it's fucking plausible, baby. I can't. I can't say it. So I have to say that I don't know. That's fair. I just don't know. And I don't know if I agree or not. Yeah, I think being agnostic makes sense to the to multiverse. I think that part of me wants to think that it would be cool if there was. The idea of a multiverse is a lot more fun than just one, which is just kind of boring. It's interesting. The idea that we could maybe even cross over into that parallel universe is super fun too, that I could go hang out with parallel art. Yeah. Um, the idea that you can go have sex with your own parallel self. Super it's, fucking cool. It's interesting and erotic. <laughs> clone fuckers. No, it's not a Can't clone. Can't wait to see that. Not a clone. I guess that's true, right? What is it? It's just a it's just yourself. You just fuck yourself. So it's just masturbation. Yeah. Huh. But better. (laughs) (laughs) Boy. You know that somebody's immediate like that's their first thing. It's like, I'm gonna fuck myself. (laughs) Yeah, this parallel universe. I'm the only one I know who can give myself a fucking hand job the right way. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know how parallel universe me is, but regular universe me is sexually unsatisfied. <laughs> it's time to give me the sex I deserve. Maybe parallel universe me will have a fucking hand that can keep up with how many strokes I need <laughs> before it gets tired. Parallel universe me is a arm wrestler. Has the strength of a forearm that needs to tug me off. God damn it. Anyway, what? <laughs> Am I supposed to be recording a country song? Wait, wait, what? Oh, sorry. Sorry, everybody here in the church congregation. <laughs> I forgot I was oh, supposed sorry. to be reading from the Bible. This is this Illuminati meeting? Anyway. Hey, where's that egg salad? Where's that goddamn egg salad? Jeremy! <laughs> what the hell? God damn it. There's not even an egg salad here. <laughs> oh, let's go change the Pepsi logo. <laughs> Fucking meeting adjourned. Fucking ham salad. God yeah, I'm with you. I think not plausible. I just gotta say, in my heart of hearts, I think it's just a simple. My own memory is bullshit. Other people's memories are bullshit. Like, yeah, it's just it's just a fun, weird psychological phenomenon that we don't understand. And unfortunately, that's all. I that's yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, I, I wish there was something more to it, but but sorry, Mister Bunker. Sorry, Bunk. There's not, Mister B. Got to try harder next time. Yeah. Listeners, uh, we, Mr. Bunker has to try harder next time, but you don't. You don't. You've done everything you can do. You've done everything you can do. thank you. We thank you. We appreciate you for all that you do. We love you. Um, Once again, Andy, are there any, you know what? I will say this about parallel universes, Andy. Say it. Here's a Mandela effect for you. You ever had this happen to you? Because uh, we're comedy people. So sometimes we make jokes and then inevitably there's going to be that one fucking person in the group who says, oh man, Andy, you're so weird. (laughs) That situation was not weird until you fucking made it weird by saying it, it is weird. Wow. There's Mandela effect for you. Wow. We just entered a parallel universe where this is now a weird situation. Wow. We changed the outcome by measuring it. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I'm going to rate that not plausible. What? That we didn't enter an alternate Uh, universe. It's still the same universe. It was not weird until that one fucker in the crowd says, oh man, you weirdo. You're weird. Yeah, somebody made it weird by- You made it weird. It's weird. 
Unless everybody else already felt that and that person was just verbalizing what everyone already felt. No. It's let people be weird. Listeners, that's what I want to say. Don't be that guy. Say yes. You heard it here first, listeners. Be weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, for the titular Mr. Bunker and my studious co-host oh my andy hart what a compliment i'm arthur stone saying that was the whole enchilada yummy Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.